Ladies and gentlemen, can I please have your attention? I've just been handed an urgent and horrifying news story. And I need all of you to stop what you're doing and listen. Why the need for so much gruesome graphic violence? Why not let us imagine Because it's so under? much fun, Jan. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack Horsemen force men and they've long been having the course mapped It ain't that you can't see Cause you can find it homes It's that you don't want to You cope by putting the blinders on I've been trying to find some kind of way But I've kind of known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense Cause your mind is gone I can't save every person And politicking is bringing the worst out the very earth And every perk of living on this turf Is being chipped at and nerfed But I can't sit back and lurk I've got to hit back I'm certain it's my purpose and it's a beautiful thing, too. This is The Underground for June 29th, 2021. Today, I'm alone. Joseph had to deal with some uh, some personal stuff. So this episode will just be me. So I hope you enjoy listening to me rant uh, about all of the dumb stuff that goes on in this world. Uh for man sorry everybody got to get used to this i don't have anybody to play off of which makes this uh definitely makes this a little bit more difficult so bear with me if you would like to help support this show you can uh find us on youtube you can donate through paypal uh i promise one of these days i'm going to have the crypto donation set up it's just taking forever uh, and you can also email us all of this information is found in the show notes, so on any of the podcasting platforms or if you run across one of our videos on YouTube, uh, all this will be in the notes for that video or the notes that come along with every podcast. Sometimes you have to dig to find a lot of that, but it's definitely there. So this episode's probably going to be a little shorter this week, uh, just considering I don't have anybody to kind of play off of, but I found a couple interesting clips that I wanted to share with you guys. So we're just going to probably jump into what I have planned, um, starting out with somewhat of a spicy subject. For, the, for, for those of you that don't know or don't really care, um, this is Pride Month. And it's generally just known as the month where every business changes their um, their logo to the rainbow colors, uh, unless you're in parts of the world <laughs> where that's considered very wrong. Uh, generally, the Middle East, and I'm sure there's some other places, but it's always kind of an interesting month because these it's clear these companies don't care, and you're actually starting to see. Uh, stuff come out about a lot of these these companies. Uh, I think it was like Nestle is, is in favor of slave labor, uh, and they're they're calling. <laughs> I saw someone call it rainbow washing. Now forgive me if that is a term that uh, I shouldn't be laughing at, but it's just kind of goo. <laughs> it's kind of goofy because you're taking. Um, something that's generally applied to whitewashing or uh, you're starting to see it work in the other direction a little bit with uh, st stuff that Joseph and I have talked about in the past with comic book characters where they're taking all the redheads and turning them into black characters. Uh, 
but yeah, so this is, you know, it's the term that's being used, so why not use it? Uh, so a lot of people are pointing out that these companies seem to just be rainbow washing, if you will, their products. Uh, and MasterCard is no, uh, no exception in this. So here is a quick clip of a product that MasterCard is... Uh, or it's not really a product because obviously they just do credit cards and debit cards and things like that. But this is to to add a little something to that and to make uh, all of the uh, the pride people feel special, I guess. Uh, specifically, the transgender community. So I'm gonna go ahead and play this for you all. Here we go. For transgender people, a secure payment doesn't mean protecting yourself from someone buying sneakers with your card. <laughs> no. It doesn't? If you're transgender, a secure payment means paying for something without being judged, questioned, disrespected, humiliated, harassed, even assaulted simply because the name on your card doesn't match how you identify. This is about more than just keeping a card safe. It's about keeping us safe. True Name by MasterCard. The first card that allows you to display your chosen name because that's who you truly are. Okay, so... MasterCard is going to let you put whatever name you want on your credit card or debit card or whatever the case may be. Listen, I, I, I don't know if it's a, a secret to anyone, but when it comes to a lot of this stuff, I generally just don't care. Like, I, I can't be bothered. I, I remember when the whole... Uh, uh, bathroom situation came up. Uh, this real that really started under Obama's administration, um, and it's funny how the the government seems to uh, exacerbate a lot of these scenarios. Because I imagine that most uh, trans individuals who are passing, uh, people like Blair White, they've just been doing <laughs> they've been doing stuff like that anyway, and. I I don't I don't know for sure and someone can correct me if if that's the case but I'm pretty sure if I, maybe you're it has to be the uh the name on your ID but I it doesn't seem like it's that big of a deal to switch the name over um I I hope this works for them I see this going terribly wrong though cuz it's not as if uh trans individuals are going to be the only people that take it like take advantage of this um i imagine there be some people out there that will absolutely uh turn this into a joke uh, more so than it already is because let, let's be real and and this is the real reason i wanted to talk about this and uh, dive into it a little bit more was because this whole pride month thing it goes back to a lot of the stuff that happened last year after George Floyd, where all of these companies were coming out and they were saying, uh, hey, we understand. We're all in this together. Oh, that happened a lot with the Corona stuff. That's right. And um, they all just 
they decided that they were going to continue to try to sell you products during what they were calling this awful experience where all of these people are dying and they're like, hey, by the way, don't forget to pick up your toothbrush. Don't forget to buy an iPad. Don't forget to get that laptop because you're stuck at home. Uh, It's it's always kind of disingenuous and a little bit gross. And uh, to be fair, this is probably the least pandering thing that I've seen. Um, in fact, if you really think about it, if, uh, if someone wants to be called something and they want to put it on their car because it makes them feel better, that's fine. Like, great. Do it, you know? Uh, and again, this isn't something that's just going to be used, uh, for the transgender community. If you think that that's the case, like you're fooling yourself because that's not how any of this stuff works. MasterCard is still a business. And this is what people have to remember when these sort of things come up, whether it's, uh, Black History Month, whether it's, uh, Pride Month, whether it's like Christmas or some other holiday, they're trying to appeal to your emotions in order for you to buy their product because that's how they make money, right? Uh, so yeah, I, I don't know if there's really anything else to add to that. Uh, if you guys have, uh, anything you'd like to say and you're going to be respectful about it because to be honest, I don't have time for these stupid should trans people be allowed in bathrooms. I don't know. Protect yourself and your family, no matter who you are. Uh, you know, I, I know she's not considered, well, depending on who you ask in, in, in the trans community, Blair White's not considered like the best because she was a Trump supporter or whatever. But, uh, you know, she uh, she owns a gun, <laughs> you know. I, in fact, I think she's a pretty hardcore Republican, if I remember correctly. But or at least she was at one point, uh, you know, and it's just like, listen, if someone's not aggressing on you, I, you know, someone if they made bathrooms gender neutral again, as long as no one's aggressing on you, whatever, like, it's just not, it's not that big of a deal. Uh, We just, there's this weird thing that seems to happen where we just, we can't get past differences in opinion and we can't get past just differences in the way that people want to live their lives. Now, obviously, we're not having a conversation about what happens uh, with youth uh, pretty much anyone under the age of 18 or anyone, I guess, that would be considered a uh, emancipated minor, you might even be able to say. Uh, and the question of transitioning and whether that's the right thing to do. So I don't know if anybody's out there and they they tend to be more hardcore on the side of uh, if you're trans, you should, you know, even if you're like 12, you should be able to, to fully transition if that's your choice. Um, the only way you're actually going to get more people over to your side of the argument is if you actually have honest conversations with people and I don't think this whole you should be able to have surgery when you're 12 to transition to the way that you feel is a good idea and I don't think it's a good argument and I don't think it's an honest argument Um, I think the studies need to be deeper um, and also I I think whatever the age of adulthood is where you live or whatever that's considered, that's probably the the place that you should be looking into that. Anyway, I'm getting off topic. Uh, let me know what you guys think. Uh, you can either email us at the show or uh, if you happen to see this on YouTube, which I'll decide whether I'm going to put this up on YouTube or not. It might get us in trouble, but 
uh, yeah, just uh, leave a comment. Let's have a discussion. Uh, I'm always willing to to talk to people. So we need to move on to the next thing. And uh, if you guys remember a few weeks ago, Joseph and I talked about Brood X. This was the group of cicadas that were coming out of the ground in sort of the east coast. Uh, they actually happened to miss us uh, where I live in Asheville, but they um, they came out of the ground, and it, it's just like clockwork with this sort of stuff, but all these people who are trying to get everyone to stop eating meat, uh, they're now talking about eating bugs, and this continued with... <laughs> this. So this is a continuation of that, and we have uh, a clip here from... To be honest, I don't know. I just found this on Twitter. I, I, I'm not. It's hard to tell when stuff like this was recorded or uh, take, taken up. And I honestly, I didn't feel like trying to spend the, the time to figure out exactly when this happened. But this should give you an idea of the way that quote unquote intellectual thinkers are taking this scenario of oh, we need to cut down on emissions in the world, so we have to stop eating meat, but we can eat bugs because that's better for the environment, uh, which is goofy to begin with as far as I'm concerned. I understand if you want to have a conversation about the quality of meat or where people are getting meat from, um, but when it comes to eating meat in general, it's something that people have done since the beginning of time. And now all of a sudden they they want us to completely change culturally. Uh, well, this guy doesn't just want you to change culturally. He literally, I think the term, the idea of gene splicing or, or changing people's DNA to dislike bugs comes into the conversation. So let's give this a listen. That... Uh, people eat too much meat, right? And if they were to cut down on their consumption on meat, then they would, uh, it would actually really help the planet. Uh, but people are not willing to give up meat. Yeah, you know, some people will be willing to, but other people, they may be willing to, but they sort of, they have a weakness of will. They say, wow, this, this steak is just too juicy. I can't do it. I, I'm one of those, by the way. So, you know, but so here's the thought, right? So it turns out that we know a lot about, so there, we have these, intolerance to, uh, so I, for example, I have milk intolerance. Um, uh, and there's some people are intolerant to crayfish. So possibly we can use hu human engineering to make it the case that we're intolerant to certain kinds of meat, to certain kinds of bovine, uh, bovine proteins. And there's actually analogs of this in life. There's this thing called the long star tick, where if it bites you, you will become allergic to meat. Uh, I can sort of describe the mechanism. So that's something that we can do through human engineering. We can kind of uh, ad possibly address really big world problems. All right, so there's a second part to that, but I, I wanted to talk about this first. This guy wants to human engineer an allergy to meat. And everyone around him is just going, oh, okay, yeah, that's a great idea. <laughs> oh come on okay so this is crazy on a number of levels one because that seems dumb and dangerous right you, you want to uh, we've talked about other things that scientists or people who, who claim to be speaking for science uh 
stuff that that they think is appropriate to put into your body <laughs> right with uh you know the rona and everything going on with that and you know so this uh, and what it seems like is happening right is now that all of that is is winding down uh and I still haven't been able to find clips to really back all of this up even though the information seems to kind of be hinted at out there if you're uh, if you if you listen to some of the world leaders and a lot of the stuff that was going on with the G7 summit, uh, global warming again is coming back into the picture, and you know there have been ideas thrown around about global warming lockdowns, and now we have all of this stuff about how people should eat bugs uh, to help stop the spread of global warming, and these are all coming from people. That if things like this were in place, they would not be abiding by that. I mean, look at the lockdowns that happened last time. And some you want to tell me that the leaders of the world are just going to be like, yeah, uh, I'll have my children and I'll, you know, or, or I'll do whatever I need to and uh, to make sure that global warming is uh, is you know, I'll, I'll do my part essentially. Right. Do you really think it's the case? Do you really think that anyone, in, well, there's probably a couple people in, in Congress and the Senate here in, in the U S that would, would do that because they're just that nuts or if they would lie to you about it and eventually get caught at a restaurant eating meat. Um, this is not, this is nuts. This guy's going, well, we could, do the same thing that a Lone Star Tick does, which uh, it does give you an allergy to meat. Some people actually get over it and some people never do. But reading some of the symptoms is horrific. Like you, you can like end up throwing up and dying. Like I think you can go into anaphylactic shock if this Lone Star Tick bites you and you contract this allergy to meat. It can kill you. <laughs> and this guy's over here like, oh yeah, you know, we we have an analog for that in real life. We have this tick. <laughs> And we want to do this to people on a massive scale. It's totally acceptable. All right, so let's play the second clip. Another example is, and uh, you go uh, first. Yeah. <laughs> and another example is sort of, and here I'll go first, right? Uh, you'll see that uh, I'm the smallest person here, right? And uh, well, um, yeah, well, yeah Amy's the smallest person. <laughs> so it turns out that the larger you are, Think of the lifetime sort of greenhouse gas emissions that are required to sort of the energy that's required to transport larger people rather than smaller people, right? Um, but if we're smaller, just by 15 centimeters, right? It, that's a mass. Uh, you know, I did the math, and it's about mass reduction of 25 percent, which is huge. And 100 years ago, we we're all on the average smaller, about 50, exactly about 15 centimeters smaller. Right. So think of just the, you know, like lifetime greenhouse gas emissions if we had smaller children. Right. And so that's something that we could do through some well, sort so of human. Could we like. <laughs> so he goes from not only are we going to engineer allergic reactions to meat. We also want to make your children small. <laughs> it's like, what? Okay, okay. Conspiracy theory hat on. 
does this guy work for the CCP for the Chinese government? Is this like a a psyop or some sort of thing? <laughs> I can't even take him seriously. His his answer to global warming is meat allergy and small people. You know, it's like I I mean, look, I'm five six, so I, I mean, I'm not the tallest person. Uh, you know, but I work out and I eat a lot, right? And a big part of that is protein, and you get it from whey, you get it from meat in general. You also need carbs. You know, you need good, healthy foods in order to survive, right? And for me, in order to continue to do what I like to do, and generally just have energy in general. But this guy wants to completely remove a product from people's diets. And he doesn't think that anything's going to go wrong. He gives no indication. He's literally joking about this. He gives no indication that this this would go wrong in any way. And, And here's the thing. This is something you do have to look out for. Whenever you're listening to people talk about something that they're like, oh, this this great new thing, right? It's uh, it's going to save us from starvation or famine or, oh, you know, it's going to save California from being swept into the ocean if you eat bugs and uh, <laughs> you have smaller kids. Um, but nothing is said about how this could affect the human body, could affect generations, the kind of potential problems that could come with messing with people's DNA. Um, this seems insane to me. And again, it's just a it's a just a word of warning to everyone not to to take people like this seriously, to question when someone says, shut up, eat your bugs, and accept that this is the way that you're supposed to live, right? They, these they, People constantly want to get into people's lives and they want to hurt people or mess with people or experiment on people. I mean, that's literally what this kind of like DNA testing would be. And we all know how that's gone in the past. So maybe it's not the best idea to just shut up and, and take what, you're spoon fed. Maybe there is a need to question. Maybe there is a need to to go on. But I don't know. You guys let me know what you think. And uh, we're going to move on to good old Joe. Oh, man. Uh, this section might be a little bit longer. Uh, I'm going to possibly pause on, on some of this. But, man, uh, Joe Biden has been acting weird. <laughs> He's been acting extra weird recently, and his newest tick, the newest thing that he does, uh, I mean, you're going to hear it in the clip, so we'll just play it, but man, you know, people joked about him being creepy before, but this this kind of brings it to a whole new level, so uh, let's just go ahead and play this. Ask me, well, you know, guess what? Employers can't find workers. I said, yeah, pay them more. This is an employee's, employee's bargaining chip now. <laughs> What's happening now? 
they're going to have to compete and start playing hardworking people a decent wage. And by the way, talk of inflation. The overwhelming consensus is going to pop up a little bit and then go back down. No one's talking about this great, great thing, you know. So, again, if it turns out that what I've done so far, what we've done so far, is a mistake, it's going to show. It's going to show the economy's not going to grow like it wasn't before. People aren't going to have jobs with increased pay like it was before. People are going to be out of work like it was before with no options. Unemployment's going to continue to climb instead of continue to go down. If that happens, then my policies didn't make a lot of sense. Uh, well, he's right about one thing. Uh, more than likely, the stuff that he's doing isn't going to work. And he's kind of, he's almost just like preparing people for it. Like, there's still some part of him in his head where he goes, I know none of this is going to work. I know nothing we're doing is working. We're printing too much money. Uh, you know, this is pretty common with politicians. Uh, a lot of them have never really held normal jobs, at least they either haven't in a very, very, very long time, or they never have, or they did for a little while. Like AOC was a bartender. I mean, you got to kind of give her some credit for that. She, she did work as a bartender in New York. I'm sure that wasn't easy, but she didn't own the business. I don't know how much she really knows about how businesses run or, you know, how it's different depending on whether you're a restaurant or whether you're a tech company or whatever the case may be. Some people have assets that are significantly more liquid. And uh, in the case of a lot of restaurants, especially if you're in a state like California, you know, you're barely getting by just to keep your restaurant open. The the owners, I think, if I remember correctly, a lot of them don't make money if they only own one restaurant. It's You eventually have to figure out a way to open a second one, right? Um, a lot of that has to do with their minimum wage requirements and what the uh, federal government forces people to pay their employees. And some people don't like the fact that you can't flip burgers or you can't, um, I don't know, do any sort of minimum wage work uh, and then you're not making $15 an hour. As if somehow you're owed that money. And, and I think that's something that really does need to be talked about. Because I get it. You don't want to work 40 hours a week to not be able to afford to live, right? But if you're expecting to be able to make the kind of money at the very least to live at, at sort of the, the bottom, if it's like one, one payment or whatever, like if it's just you and no one else, you're not a two income household, it's just one income. Maybe don't flip burgers. Uh, there are apprenticeships. You can become a mechanic. You can become uh, you can do air conditioning repair, you can do plumbing. There are jobs that will ultimately, or at least have the opportunity to pay you close to six figures, if not more, like high, higher six figures, or at least getting into that six-figure range. And you'll be able to take care of yourself, take care of the family, if you have a family. Um, there's other things you can do. I mean, the stock market and learning how that works is a way to make um, extra income. Uh, you know, if you have creative endeavors, there are ways for you to go out with a camera or, you know, if you just take classes online and learn like an Adobe suite, right? There are things that you can do. And, and that's the thing is 
you got to hustle. It doesn't mean that you have to kill yourself, right? Uh, it's, it's actually something Joseph and I have talked about, and, and maybe I'll bring it up again with him next week, but we were talking on the phone yesterday and having this conversation about how he's not taking a job that potentially would pay him more money because he would lose out on time, right? And so maybe you're not making six figures. Maybe you're never going to make six figures. Well, live within your income, right? Figure out a way to step up at the job you're at. If you're flipping burgers, you know, it's like if you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, so show some intent that you want to move up and become a, a manager, become an operator, whatever the case may be within that company. Chick-fil-A does that. I, I think Chick-fil-A requires um, maybe some higher education, if I remember correctly, but there are opportunities where you don't have to go to college and get yourself in massive amounts of debt <laughs> that this guy that a lot of y'all voted for uh, didn't even get rid of, right? They, they, If I remember correctly, they had a campaign promise of, oh, we're going to cancel debt. We're going to cancel student debt, right? And it went from, we're going to cancel people's student, student debt. And everyone was like, sweet. It was like, this is going to be great, especially for people who had massive numbers, right? And then it went down to like 10,000, and then they lied about the $2,000 checks, and they said, well, the 600 you got before and this 1400 that you're getting now, <laughs> it adds up to 2000 and they're just taking that win. I mean, they ran on that. The senators ran on that in Georgia. And I, I'm just sitting here like, people were so quick to jump down Trump's throat. Now, again, this is not a defense of Trump, right? I, I've talked about my feelings on the guy more than once um and it's still like annoying because people want him to run again and it's like please please no can we move on can we move on uh, anyway this is a topic for another time but this guy's promised over and over again to do certain things and when it comes to guns which we'll talk about in a minute it's great actually that <laughs> he just he doesn't seem to get anything done um, but for a lot of people who voted for him and any of you who, who happened to hear this that did, it's like, was it, was it worth it? I mean, I don't know what would have happened if, if Trump had still been in office and I, uh, we might still be wearing masks and lockdown if that was the case. Um, and he gets no credit for, he didn't stand up to this whole lockdown thing. Uh, I think he's trying to spin that now, but you know, he didn't and he kind of just followed along and he let Fauci come in and just kind of wreck everything uh so he he's definitely responsible but joe coming in here and he's whispering about stuff and now he's um talking about he has this feeling that the economy could get better based on his policies but their whole thing is just printing money and who knows the economy could continue to shoot in an in, in upward direction i mean the stock market's headed that way it's it's really something you have to take day by day and people will speculate until the end of time but nobody really knows for sure but uh, i think something that i've i've tried to talk about more and more on here is just uh, self ownership and taking control of your own life uh, you know, the more Joseph and I talk about it, it's it's funny. I, I think I'm I'm slowly pushing him further and further to uh, this sort of anarcho-capitalist thing that I'm uh, I'm involved with. 
and uh, still learning to be honest but just this the the basic idea of being like you no one owns you don't hurt anyone right don't aggress on anyone and live your life be around the people you want to be around make the decisions you want to make um have your family have your friends have a community if that's what you want and if that's not what you want and you want to go buy land and farm and not be around a whole lot of people and barely know your neighbors awesome the problem is is that the government wants one thing from you and you don't really have the freedom that you think you do i mean we're we really are the freest country in the world uh, as far as i can tell um but there's so much that we're still trapped in because people like Biden, even people like Trump, they have this idea of the way everything should be. And they think that we're a collective, right? I think he even said it in there. He said, I, and then he goes, we, and a lot of the time, uh, what's meant by that is that we are the government, that you and I, the people listening to this podcast who aren't in government, who aren't making those decisions are as responsible as the people who are making that those decisions right and it, it traps you and it's something that cults like to do and it makes it very difficult to get out of those sort of things um I, you know i was having a conversation with someone recently about this i mean think of think about it like sorry latter-day saints but the latter-day saints are kind of a cult and they have this thing where you basically get disowned if you leave and a lot of people won't leave even if they they see how crazy it is and they don't they don't like any of it because they'll lose their family they'll lose their friends they'll lose everything that they had that was associated with the latter-day saints and they'll basically be left with nothing right so they essentially get feared into staying in line and it's very difficult and very few people, it would seem, actually get out of that, though I've heard stories of people who have uh, escaped, and they, they have no contact with family or friends. They lose their wives or husbands, depending on who it is, and they've gotten out, and we can do the same thing when it comes to government control. It's absolutely possible, and it does not require violence. Um, I have really no intention of trying to do that, and we'll see from this next clip that uh, Joe thinks that it's going to take a lot more than uh, an AR-15 to deal with, uh, I don't know, an insurrection, perhaps. So let's uh, let's play this. Limited the type of people could own a gun and what type of weapon you could own. You couldn't buy a cannon. Those who say the blood of the the blood of patriots, you know, and all the stuff about how we're going to have to move against the government. Uh, first of all, that is not true. You could buy a cannon. There were merchant sailors who owned ships that had cannons on them. So he's lying straight off the bat. I, at this point, I think someone's just feeding information to him. And they're like, oh, yeah, just let him know. You, uh, Yeah, man, Joe, you, you definitely couldn't buy a cannon back then. That's a lie. You could own a warship if you could afford it. Uh, it was necessary when you were on the seas to protect yourself against people who wanted to take your property. All right, let's continue. Well, the tree of liberty is not water with the blood of patriots. What's happened is that there have never what? been, if you <laughs> wanted to think you need to have weapons to take on the government, you need F-15s and maybe some nuclear weapons. The point is that... Okay, so this has been go take 
uh, making the rounds. I'm sure some of you have heard him say this already, where you need F-15s and nukes to take on the government. So this this brings up uh, a few contradictions with within, let's just say, the Democrat, uh, the Democratic Party, or the Democrat Party. First of all, if you need F-15s and nukes to take on the government, why are they so worried about F-15 or about uh, AR-15s? Uh, also, if that's the case, how did January 6th happen? If if that was actually an insurrection, right? It was actually as bad as they say that it is, and those people are domestic terrorists and should stand trial, and this is the worst thing that's happened since 9-11 in Pearl Harbor. How did a whole bunch of unarmed civilians get into the Capitol building and then get called terrorists and that this was an insurrection? Um... I mean, I, a lot of you who listen to this regularly know that he's, I mean, he's full of shit. Uh, but yeah, this is, this is unbelievable. <laughs> he's li- and and here's, here's a question for you. Do, do you think that the U.S. government would actually nuke their own people? Do you think that they would threaten, let's just say Texas, for instance, decided to secede from, uh, the union, if you will, right? This isn't a, a, a racist thing. This isn't a thing about, um, it, it, even though it would be made out that way because that was what the Civil War was fought over, which is kind of a naive take just to think that it was all about black people, the Civil War. Um, but we're, we're talking about modern day, right? Texas says, you know what? We're tired of paying your taxes. We're tired of dealing with these things. We have a, a booming Bitcoin economy and we want to govern ourselves, right? So it becomes a nation state and they have their own military, blah, 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 whatever the case may be. Um, it's essentially decentralizing and taking power away from the centralized government uh, for one reason or another. Um I probably would bet money that whoever was the president at the time would not nuke those people. For one, I'm pretty sure that's a war crime. Straight up, I'm pretty sure that's a war crime. And you're talking about genocide to some degree. You're talking about mass murder, which isn't, uh, you know, unusual for this group of people to uh, just blow people away and say sorry we got it wrong or just kind of not care and expect to be forgiven which is what unfortunately has happened many many times in the past um but yeah it's 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 ridiculous to think that you know that they would just start bombing with f-15s and using nukes to to blow up uh civilians uh and if they did uh they actually would have an insurrection and a lot of other issues on their hands. I, and here's the thing that, that that's kind of interesting. If you really pay attention to a lot of these government stooges and you know, people who think that they are in charge of your life, um, they all know that it's a it's a very tight rope that they walk on a regular basis. Because if they started droning civilians in the states, right, they can do things on occasion like Waco. Um, or the drug running that happens, or uh, political assassinations, because that's listen, that stuff is definitely real. Um, that being said, it would be insane for them to try to do something like that. And he's obviously wrong because of what happened on January sixth. Those people got in with no problem. They were literally let in. There's videos of cops letting them in. Like that whole thing has fallen apart. And of course, mainstream media doesn't want to pay attention to it, but 
Um, it is what it is. So let's keep going with uh, with old Joe. There's always been the ability to limit, rationally limit, the type of weapon that can be owned and who can own it. Not true. The last time we had data on this issue of uh, who was purchasing guns was more than 20 years ago. 5% of guns... Okay, I just want to point this out real quick. He said that the last time they had data on who's purchasing firearms was 20 years ago. First of all, I'm not sure that's true. I, I'm pretty sure if you did a quick Google search, you could find updated information about who's buying weapons. I mean, you have to actually run a background check when you go into a lot of these places. And you're going to hear him make a, uh, say a whole bunch of other stuff that isn't true. Uh, but let's keep going. Gun dealers, turns out, in the study we did, showed that 90% of illegal guns were found at the crime scenes sold by 5% of gun dealers. Okay, so he is making modern policy off of his words a study from 20 years ago. And we're supposed to take this guy seriously like he knows what he's talking about or his administration knows what he's talking about. You want to talk about <laughs> their policy failing? He's like, oh, okay, so the last time we did a study on people who buy firearms was 20 years ago. Based on that, we're now going to implement policy. It's, he's a moron. Their entire administration... I mean, this is pretty typical for for administrations, but <laughs> his, his seems to just be missing something, man. It's a bunch of smooth brains. 5%, so 90% of the guns found in crime scenes. And the uh, these merchants of I, death are breaking the law for profit. They're selling guns that are killing innocent people. It's wrong. It's unacceptable. As the Attorney General said, we're going to crack down on those gun dealers and the violent criminals they knowingly arm. In April, I announced that the Justice not, Department is going, going to, to be issuing an annual report on gun trafficking so we can update that data. Today, the department is announcing, as I just did, a major crackdown on stem the flow of guns used to commit violent crimes. It's zero tolerance for gun dealers who willfully violate key existing laws and regulations. Let me repeat, zero tolerance. If you willfully sell a gun to someone who's prohibited from possessing it, if you willfully fail to run a background check, if you willfully falsify a record, if you willfully fail to cooperate with the tracing requests or inspections, my message to you is this, we'll find you and we will seek your license to sell guns. We'll make sure you can't sell death and mayhem on our streets. It's an outrage, it has to end and we'll end it. All right, so a couple other things that he said in there that I and maybe I'll actually do this and and I'll upload it to the channel just so that people can see a normal person going to talk to store owners about this, people who sell firearms. Um, and I've seen it in person, and so you can take my word for it if you want or not. Uh, you always have to run a background check. I've had two run on me with the firearms that I own. Um, in the state of North Carolina, if you don't have a pistol purchase permit or whatever the hell it is you can't buy a handgun right you can still buy a, a rifle if you're 18 but you still have to have a background check you still have to have an id um so 
I don't know who these uh, dealers of death or whatever he called them are, but this stuff is already set in place, right? There's already tons of rules on the books about what you can buy and how you can buy it. That isn't the problem. It's like Joseph and I talked about with the stuff that happened on uh, Juneteenth in Chicago, where those two Puerto Rican, um, the, the two Puerto Ricans were pulled from their vehicle and shot in cold blood. And the man died and the woman, I believe, survived. Uh, they had kids, right? A, that didn't happen because a merchant of death sold that man a gun. I guarantee you that gun was stolen or bought illegally, not from a licensed dealer. And this is the thing that, that doesn't make any sense. The people who own these shops, they follow these regulations because they want to keep their business. They're not willing to, to cause these... Uh, these incidences or get caught doing this kind of stuff because if they do, they'll go to jail and they will lose their livelihood, right? And that's the livelihood for a lot of these guys. They they live and breathe firearms. Um, so I don't know what he's talking about. I don't know where he's... And this is always the really interesting thing, right? Like he said, he, his data's from forever ago. And so it's like, where are you getting this from? Where are you getting your information from? Are, are you just sitting in a room uh, talking to your administration <laughs> and just being like, oh, yeah, I heard that uh, there's like this loophole at the gun show, which is also not true, by the way. My first firearm was bought at a gun show. I had to show ID. I had to get a background check. And I had to fill out a lot of information uh, stating that I was who I said that I was and that I didn't lie about any of that stuff. If I lied, that's a federal offense they can throw me in jail, and if I be, if I am a felon, I am no longer allowed to own a firearm. The Fed does not like when you lie to them. Okay, so I mean, they literally it's it's like this. You, you know, we talk about sometimes how the state is a cult, and they have this like moral code, and lying, lie, like lying to the state is probably one of the the biggest offenses you can do. And it's literally like nothing, right? You're not hurting anyone necessarily. You might hurt someone uh, if that's your intention or your whatever, but oh, it's, it's insane. This, you know, I, I used to actually feel bad for like Joe's weird mumbling and his ranting. And it's like, man, this is like elder abuse, but it's gotten to the point where it's like, he could stop it. You know, if he really wanted to, he could, Stop it, I think. <laughs> anyway, uh, that's Joe. Uh, we're going to move on now to our last clip. And we're getting into some entertainment stuff. And I just wanted to talk about this for a minute because I actually think it's uh, it's pretty cool to see. Um, my, one of my favorite directors, one of the few who hasn't... Uh, been completely obliterated because of the Me Too movement or whatever other Hollywood scandal, yada yada, that's come up. Um, he's somehow managed to to dodge a lot of these bullets. Is Quentin Tarantino? Um, now, obviously, Quentin Tarantino has his uh, his quirks, and he is definitely not a humble individual. Uh, but he's smart, makes good films, and I've pretty much always appreciated the the stuff that he's made, even if it's it's not always my favorite. Um, 
he's one of the few true auteurs that's that's actually left you know Zack Snyder just wishes he could be Quentin Tarantino um but he recently uh has been in the news again because he's been talking a little bit more about a lot of the garbage that's going on in Hollywood and I don't I think this this uh this clip might be new um but he was on Rogan recently talking I think today actually he uh that episode dropped of him on Rogan talking about uh just sort of the ideological culture that's running rampant through Hollywood that's in my opinion and in a lot of other people's opinions ruining art ruining film ruining tv uh everything's become massively preachy and you can't make anything just for the sake of making a good film or show or whatever the case may be everything always has to go back to uh what's uh being actively anti-racist or being actively an activist or whatever the new thing is um and it's tiring and it's old and it's it's actually starting to get to uh some of these guys like tarantino so i'm gonna play this clip real quick but no but i mean but there has become a thing that's gone on it seems like in this especially this last year where um uh um What's the word I'm looking? Uh, 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 ideology is more important than art. Way more, certainly to the awards. Yeah, and it's just you know it, it, it's like you know ideology right. trumps art. Then, ideology right. trumps it's individual terrible. effort. Ideology trumps good. Ideology trumps yeah, entertaining. There's two kinds of movies: virtue signalers yeah, uh-huh. and superhero movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tarantino's right. Um, ideology is trumping everything. Uh, you know, you can't, okay, so you can't watch anything nowadays without it being preachy, overly preachy, right? I'm okay with messages in movies. It's been going on forever. V for Vendetta is one of my favorite movies. It's, it's got a lot of specific ideology in it. It's got messaging in it, um, but it's not bad. It's done in a way where you go, it makes you think. It's not saying this is 100% right, and if you disagree with this, you're a terrible bigot, blah, 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 blah. more word vomit. Um, but he's right. It's trumping everything that Hollywood was essentially built on and we'll say the good things in Hollywood right the the actual cinema the the art form of making a movie or making TV if you will we'll, we'll lump it all together um, it, it's being trumped by uh, the woke crowd by the BLM crowd by the CRT crowd uh, by everything that isn't what makes things good right uh, I understand like listen I understand that people want uh, to see themselves in the people that are on screen, right? But if the movie's good, that, that shouldn't really matter the race of the person that you're watching. It just shouldn't. Uh, if, if Well, obviously there's the exceptions with biopics or whatever the, the case may be, but, um, it, you know, let's take Man on Fire, for instance, right? I don't look at anything like Denzel Washington, but... I can relate to his character in that movie, right? Because it's more about the situation that he's in than it is about his race, right? That the movie's not about him being harassed by neo-Nazis and then having to overcome his this thing 
to deal with that, right? That's actually what American History X is about. Um, you know, Man on Fire is a, a movie about uh, about someone sticking up for those who can't stick up for themselves, right? Though ideas and stories and I, I can't quite think of the the word, but those are the, you know those are the things that people connect to, right? They connect to people's weaknesses. They connect to people's struggles. They connect to people overcoming obstacles. They look to that sometimes uh, to be able to get through whatever happens to be going on in their life. And then sometimes people just want to see stuff blow up on screen and they want to turn off their brain for two hours or whatever the case may be. Why do you think the Marvel movies do so well? Right. I mean, they're not, they're not cinematic masterpieces. Uh, I don't think any of them even come. I don't think there is a single Marvel movie that would ever come close to anything that Tarantino has done, especially his top tier stuff. Right. I would say the same thing about Edgar Wright. Uh, I think that Edgar, ever, just about everything Edgar Wright has done is still better than anything that Marvel has ever put together. Um, their stuff is, I mean, it's fine, right? It's popcorn, dumb movies. You're not going to that that kind of stuff to, uh, you know, have your mind, like, challenged or whatever. Now, I don't necessarily go to see Edgar Wright movies for that, but I just think he's a better filmmaker than... Uh, than most and the same thing with Tarantino he makes really really well done movies and he has his specific style and I happen to really like that um, but that being said and you know Joseph and I have talked about this so much they're just doing stuff now to do it because it, it as long as they're yeah, it's like these uh, these quotas that they have to make. I mean, you can go look up the stuff that you that you're required to do now, as far as like equity quotas in uh, to get your movie nominated for the Oscars. Uh, it's so it's so goofy. It's like, what does this have to do with being a talented filmmaker, right? And I, I mean, I Hollywood was always going to be the first one. Anytime there's some sort of new garbage uh, that people are pushing, Hollywood's always the first to uh to get into it right and so it's no surprise that um this is happening uh and some of it i actually think they they saw the people saw the success of something like black panther um and they were like oh if we do more of that we'll make billions of dollars and i'm just not sure that's the case because black black panther is set up that way the story is intentional in the way that it's told and the people that are in it because it's required when you're in Africa generally. And obviously there are um, there are, are white people, if you will, in Africa, but it was very much a black story. And this is the thing that I keep bringing up. Why is no one reading these uh, African folklore or, you know, these old stories that come from Africa and creating new, interesting characters, movies, comics, some form of entertainment based on those things and if you want my answer it's because they don't trust that any of that stuff could succeed but they know superman's popular so if they race swap him maybe that'll be popular right and everyone will just be happy about it but it's it's lazy uh 
it's very much like you're handing down like you're you're giving hand-me-downs to a group of people like oh we're done with this it's like that meme i'm done playing with this now and and so they're just changing it uh for the uh, for the sake of that right and you know you'll hear a lot of people talk about how a lot of the characters that they're bringing into the marvel are skipping the line because there's just this history of um pretty incredible work in uh in marvel comics and they're skipping the line for all this garbage crap that's being put out now that they think is going to work and i think they're going to be surprised because joseph and i have talked about it before but i'm not looking forward to any of the stuff that's coming out really uh even black widow at this point i'm just like i don't know loki and and a lot of that other stuff really uh kind of spoiled my taste for any of it and it's it's funny because people will be like no you just you just hate on marvel and i'm like well i could just say that you're a stan for marvel that you just you're you're simping for a company because you like what they did in the past and you're holding on to that in denial of what is to come right and what's happening now with a lot of this you know it's like they're they're giving you signs across the board and i actually kind of liked wandavision i thought it was uh, it was watchable. Um, it was characters that we were aware of before. I'm, I was a, a pretty big fan of Scarlet Witch. Um, I've always kind of enjoyed them for whatever reason. I know they're not the like top tier characters, and they can be a little milk toast at times. But I, I enjoyed them or whatever. And you know, um, what's her face is attractive. So <laughs> get, cut me a break. All that to be said, uh, a lot of the stuff that they're doing now, it's just like oh, okay. Um, you know, where are the X-Men, right? It's like, okay, uh, why, haven't you, why haven't you brought back Daredevil? Like, where is Luke Cage? Why have they not rebooted that, right? It, it makes no sense. Like, you have this thing that could fall directly into your lap, strong black male. Now, maybe that's part of the problem for Hollywood, but yeah, you, you have this thing setting in front of you. It's, it's gotten to the point where I think, especially that first season of Daredevil, some of the best stuff that Marvel's probably ever put out. Uh, the second to last episode where he does the hall in, or the the fight in the hallway that's based off of the movie The Raid, so good, right? It's that that show was gritty, it was violent. You cared about the characters and you cared about what happened to them. Um, my screen just went dead. Oh, okay, we're good. <laughs> um, and you know, I'll I'll end it there. Uh, I'd love to hear from you guys. I may be putting splitting some of this stuff up and putting it on YouTube over the next couple of days slash week or so. Um, thank you again for listening. If you're listening on the on on whatever podcast platform you happen to be on, uh, one thing that I would definitely ask is if you can remember, please download our episodes. Uh, the only even if you download it and then immediately delete it and then listen to. Uh, listen to it through streaming the reason that i ask is because the only way we can get accurate numbers of who's actually listening to the show is if you download the podcast uh i'm gonna start trying to remember to put that at the beginning i'm gonna put it in the show notes um but thank you guys so much for listening uh don't forget you can find us on all these different social media platforms if you have any questions uh or and or you just want to talk or whatever the case may be about this stuff we do have a discord um you can use the email in our show notes to ask me 
to add you to that if that's the case. Or you can just email me your question and maybe we'll answer it on the show the following week. I'll probably send you a response, but uh, it might turn into a subject for the show the following week. Um, Thank you guys again, and uh, we'll see you next time. Politics ruins everything. Tell me what's worse than learning all that you led to believe was all horse crap. They distort so question as if you Warshack Horsemen, horsemen, and they've long been having the course mapped It ain't that you can't see, cause you can find it homes It's that you don't want to, you cope by putting the blinders on I've been trying to find some kind of way But I've kinda known that y'all would rather whine and lash to nonsense Cause your mind is gone I can't save every person in politic And it's bringing the worst out the very earth And every perk of living on this turf Is being chipped at and nerfed But I can't sit back and lurk I've got to hit back, I'm certain it's my purpose it's a beautiful thing too. Uh. Hold up. Yeah. Hey. Hey. Looking at the technological advances. I used to be on dial up looking for answers. Now what? Underappreciating was candid. And 20 years later, we got computers that hand fit. Used to be playing Sega Genesis with bros. Now I'm gaming with some folks on the other side the globe. Used to go through a label if you trying to blow. Now people got more options on the table, gotta post. Social media got us connected as ever on every medium. Should be more righteous and clever, but what we see in this communication is error and still the devious. Evil's immediate, tedious that you gotta be remediate. Cause idiots get heebie jeebies in the event that they don't agree with you. Try to ruin your whole life. Cause you say what they dislike. God forbid y'all disagree without a fight. The type of stuff that will clear up if you lighten up, Jack. Your trife is subject. Your life would right if you give up that. You're mad at nothing. Not adding up when you're sad enough at a sad second that gets aggravated. And now you pay it forward. Let people make your blood boil. Emotions firing like microwave foil or the oil. They annoy you. You add another snack for the wrong reasons. Election years now seeming like full blown seasons. Man. Politics ruin, or rather control your whole life, man. You're gonna be a miserable person, straight up. And unfortunately, that's where we're at. A lot of people are consumed by this, and it's driving them crazy, and they hate their neighbors. Sad.